Hey, Love Tribe, get excited for another great episode with Chase and our special guest. But before we start, I wanted to remind you about our amazing and free 14-day happy couple challenge. I don't know about you, but with the upcoming holidays, I'm feeling this hectic energy and I'm craving some grounding, fun, and meaningful connection with my partner. So whether you've been with your partner for many years and you're needing to mix things up or you're a newly coupled and you're looking to dive in to learn more about each other, the 14-Day Happy Couple Challenge is perfect for anyone wanting to deepen their relationship and have fun while doing it. So head on over to our website to sign up. You can start connecting deeper physically and emotionally today over at idopodcast.com slash 14 with our simple, easy, and doable daily challenges arriving straight into your inbox daily. This free 14-Day Challenge will help you break the old habits and build new engaging habits that will push you to create a deeper intimacy with your partner. Sign up today for free for the 14-Day Happy Couple Challenge to start strengthening and improving your relationship today. Head on over to idopodcast.com slash 14. That's idopodcast.com slash 14 to sign up for our free challenge today. What's going on, Love Tribe? We hope you guys are enjoying the holidays. Chase, Stella, and myself all came down with a pretty nasty cold, so I'm in charge of doing the intro by myself as Chase does not have a voice right now. So uh, luckily, we pre-recorded this interview, so Chase and I are both on there. We have our normal voices. We're not nasally. Sorry about that, guys. Um, but yeah, but before we get started on today's interview, we just wanted to remind you about the Costa Rica Couples Retreat here in Nosara with us March 3rd through the 10th of next year, 2018. And it's going to be a week-long retreat full of new and exciting and fun activities to do with your partner. And just some of those activities are surfing, snorkeling, horseback riding, um, ATV jungle tours, canopy tours, yoga. Um, we're going to go to some amazing restaurants, have some amazing date nights, great food and drinks, and also have relationship strengthening classes. So um, we think that it is going to be super beneficial for our relationship because Chase and I actually haven't done a lot of those amazing activities yet since we've been here in Costa Rica. So we're really looking forward to doing it with you guys as well. And the research is out. We've talked about it on the show so much about how doing new and exciting and novel activities with your partner is what keeps the spark alive. And the more fun you invest in your relationship and in your friendship and being there for your partner, the happier the relationship will be over time. And that's actually, they've done a lot of research studies that have found that. So if you want to find out more of that information and more about the retreat, head on over to our website, idopodcast.com forward slash forward slash I can't say that with my cold <laughs> forward slash Costa Rica couples retreat and all the information will be there. You'll be able to sign up, read more about the retreat, what we're going to be doing. And um, if you have any questions, send them our way. And we hope to see you in Costa Rica in the beginning of March. On today's show, we welcome Laura Jack. And Laura is the author of a number one best-selling book, The Compassion Code. And she also teaches compassionate communication and how we can relate to one another more effectively during challenging moments in life. And life is always challenging, isn't it? Always. <laughs> but especially this time of year, like we've been talking about on past shows, it's the holidays and, but really anytime, right? But especially when you're traveling, when you're getting together with family, all that fun stuff. So Laura gives us some great tips and tools on how to be more compassionate towards others, towards your partner, and 
almost most importantly towards yourself because you can't really practice compassion towards others until you are compassionate towards yourself. And Sarah and I give some personal examples, but we've all been through it where we're driving down the road, someone cuts you off and either out loud, if you're a bit of a hothead or internally, that's me. <laughs> you're, you're <laughs> no, gritting kidding. your teeth <laughs> and, and, and you're angry and you're cursing the other person. Oh, what the heck? But the reality is, is it, number one, it's not that big of a deal. And then if you can have compassion towards them and tell yourself a story of that person, like we talk about in the show of maybe that is a single mom who is late and to work and their toddlers in the backseat screaming. And here we are giving them a hard time for accidentally cutting us off. It's a silly, small thing, but these happen on a daily basis and they can really add up. And if we are more compassionate in not getting upset with our partner, with ourself, it it really can be a, a magical thing. And it, it sounds kind of woo woo to me sometimes like, Oh, have compassion and practice loving kindness. And, and the reality is, is it's not. And if you put it into practice, like I'm not nowhere near perfect, but it's something I'm definitely working on. And I've noticed a huge difference in my mood towards myself, towards Sarah, and just an overall quality of life improvement. Yeah. And I, I think another point that we talk about throughout the interview is giving your partner the benefit of the doubt because they may come home from work and have an attitude or, you know, something be wrong. And, and maybe there's a reason for it. Maybe they had um, an issue at work or they had a, just a bad day in general. So just giving your partner the benefit of the doubt and practicing self-compassion on yourself too, so that you are able to be more compassionate with your partner. It, like Chase said, it really does make a difference and it makes the day go a lot better too. <laughs> yeah. It makes the day go better. And just your, like I said, your overall quality of life, you're right. going to be a happier person. And we should mention, we actually know Laura, not extremely well, but we feel like we know her uh, we've known her for years, but we met very briefly two uh, summers ago in Hood River in Oregon, and we met her and her lovely daughter and husband. Family, yeah. Yeah, and, and uh, it's funny because then this summer, just before we left Hood River, I was on this hike, and it's in the middle of this beautiful gorge. It's uh, called the Onietta Gorge. Look it up. I think... Uh, Maybe we'll have to do a post on our, on our, uh, I do podcast Instagram. I'll, we'll put it up there, but only at a gorge. And I'm looking at this beautiful waterfall and I'm on my way out and she's like, Chase. And I'm like, <laughs> how do I know you? Cause we had only met for like an hour the year before. And, uh, she's like, Oh, I'm Laura, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, Oh, hey. And it's just this beautiful setting. And we were talking and we had told her about the podcast. Long story short, she's like, Oh, I just came out with my book, The Compassion Code. And I said, Oh, that's awesome. And she was having a book launch. I said, We'll have to have you on the show. You know, here we are making plans mm -hmm. in the middle. It's actually a, a creek that we're, we're up to our knees in the water. And, uh, <laughs> we made the plans and then we had her on the show and we look forward to connecting with her when in her family when we're back in Hood River next summer. So uh, anyways, that's how this uh, this great interview came into fruition. And it, it really is uh, one of my favorite because it's something that I try to practice. And, and when I'm able to do it, my just overall quality of life is better. And if that's better for me, it's going to be better for Sarah, our relationship, for our daughter, Stella, and just all around. So uh, really great stuff in today's show. Yeah. And um, as always, we appreciate you guys so much for listening and for sending us podcast episode suggestions and sending us your emails and your comments. Uh, it's really helpful and, and we love to hear from you guys. So we hope you guys enjoy today's episode. Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company that lets you choose from over 1,500 licensed therapists. Get matched with your perfect therapist today by visiting Talkspace.com forward slash I do. That's Talkspace.com forward slash I do.
Hi, Laura. Thanks so much for joining us on the show today. Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm so honored to be here. We've given our listeners a little overview, told them about your work, your most recent book. Why don't you take a minute, tell us about yourself and why you enjoy helping people improve their relationships. So uh, my name is Laura Jack, as you already mentioned, but um, the reason I love helping people improve their relationships is because for me, a relationship is integral to life. I mean, I, there's really nothing, in my opinion, there's nothing more important than relationships, whether they're romantic or whether they're just our interactions with other humans. I think it's really at the, you know, the epicenter of joy and happiness and hope and love and, you know, everything that we always speak in life is, you know, for, for me is based in relationships and how well we can communicate in those relationships. And so for all my life, I feel like that's been kind of my I don't know if it's my modus operandi, but it's just really my thing. It's just being able to have the best relationships I can, maintaining good relationships with my family and friends, and being in good romantic, like, you know, my and healthy romantic relationships. So, you know, knowing how to set good boundaries, all that kind of stuff has just been part of what I've done to help myself grow and just also continue being in the happiest place that I can be in my life and then helping others do the same. We love that. And we love being able to have guests like yourself on, get the information for ourselves and share it with our listeners. Because yeah, at the end of the day, relationships are the most important things in our lives. And it's not going to be a new car or a new house or a vacation. Yeah, all that stuff's nice. But ultimately, if we don't have people to share it with, loved ones, family, friends, romantic partners in a healthy way, then it it really can feel quite empty. So it's great work. And and today we're going to zero in and talk about compassion. And this is an area that we all can work on, I'm sure, showing more compassion to ourselves, to others, to our partner in particular. So why don't we start by talking about what compassion is, and then we'll talk about how to work on it. Yeah. So compassion, so you can look up compassion in the dictionary and you can, you know, figure out what it means. But I think the most important thing is to understand what it feels like. And compassion feels like love and support. It feels like somebody gets you um, without feeling like they've sunken down into the depths of despair with you. Because sometimes that actually can feel really exhausting is knowing that you're also affecting that person so negatively. And so then you don't really want to be a burden. So you stop sharing. So compassion. And in my book, I talk about it. And so I mean, I kind of try to describe the visual that I have in the book, which is it's a bell curve. So you can picture a bell curve and compassion's at the top of the bell curve. So any kind of standard deviation, right? Bell curve, that, that visual. So, and then to the right of compassion is empathy. And empathy is feeling with someone, feeling with someone. So feeling their pain, feeling their joy, and that's a great thing. And it can also be, you know, the challenge that leads us to burnout because we feel so much with them that we haven't realized that we're not them. And then on the other side of compassion is sympathy, and that's feeling for someone. And if we're not careful with that one, it can lead to pity and disconnection because we've, you know, we've feel so bad for them. So we've, we've gotten disconnected from them. We don't feel with them. We don't understand what they're going through. We just feel bad to them. So that can lead to pity and also disconnection. So really the sweet, the sweet spot, that top of the bell curve is the compassion. And compassion is the balance between sympathy and empathy. It's not falling into the pits of despair, but it's also not keeping yourself separate. And it's about having loving kindness towards another And really the truest key to it all is starting with having compassion for yourself because the key to any healthy relationship with other, which I'm sure you guys talk about all the time, is having a healthy relationship with you, you yourself, because you're the one who you wake up with yourself every day. And so if you don't have compassion for yourself, it actually is really challenging to have compassion for somebody else. So to have that loving kindness, to have that support, Uh, to be that person who's there and present without just, you know, feeling so deeply with them that you actually can't separate yourself. Does that make sense? 
Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I love that analogy. It, it really made me visually see it in that explanation. And I've never looked at it that way before. So I think that's an excellent uh, explanation of it. So if somebody is maybe relating to having more empathy or more sympathy, and they want to learn to become more compassionate, are there any uh, specific exercises or tools that they can use to gain more compassion? Absolutely. Yes. So it's funny because I'm actually right now I'm creating a kind of a little quiz for people to see where they fall on the spectrum. Um, but people who have who are over empathizers, so maybe somebody who considers themselves an empath or is really highly sensitive to other people's feelings, um, that person needs to work on boundaries. So the best thing that that person can do to reach compassion is to have better boundaries because they already know how to feel with someone. They already feel so deeply that oftentimes they lead to, you know, burnout and then potentially disconnection because when you're burnt out for so long, so imagine a caregiver, for example, or somebody who works in a caregiving field. They care so much for so long that eventually it leads to them burning out because they don't have good boundaries around their own well-being and around their own communication connection, right? So that person who tends to lean towards the over-empathy, over-empathizer, is going to want to set up healthy boundaries. And there's some really good books about boundaries out there, too. Um, I can't think of the name. I mean, I think it's actually just called Boundaries <laughs> off the top of my head. But um, it's really important to find ways to set up healthy boundaries so that you can feel love and kindness toward that person, but not actually feel so deeply with them that you can't be of support to them anymore. And then on the other side is the sympathy. And somebody who's leaning on the side of sympathy or towards kind of pity is going to want to actually find ways to connect. So they're going to want more connection, not more boundaries, right? So that person is going to want to do a better job of stepping into the other person's shoes. So maybe if that person struggles with, so say you're in a situation, for example, where you're getting, you know, bullied at work. And you're feeling like, oh, I feel really, or somebody in your work is getting bullied. You're like, God, I really feel bad for that person. A good way for them to step into compassion would be for them to think back to a time where somebody picked on them and, or to talk to a person who's getting bullied and find out what has this experience been like for you? You know, having that curiosity and non-judgment is going to be a really key way for them to connect in more deeply and not just fall into that kind of pay disconnection. It's such a cliche thing, but a lot of times if you look at cliches, there's truth in them. And walking exactly. walking a mile in someone's shoes is, it, we hear it from the time we're little, and but actually putting it into practice on a daily basis is maybe not natural to everyone and finding that balance and, and certainly having that compassion, putting yourself in your partner's shoes is such a valuable thing. And we do talk about it on the podcast. And one of the things along this same line that, that I really liked is to give your partner the benefit of the doubt and realize that when they do something wrong or, or upset you, or there's some sort of transgression that they have good intentions and they're likely most of the time not doing it on purpose. So if you can put yourself in their position, you, if, if, if I'm transgressing a lot of times, I'm not purposely doing it to upset Sarah. Um, and so if we can take that position and, and, put ourselves in our partner's shoes. It's easier said than done, certainly, but it can be such a valuable thing. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, when it comes to that experience with your partner, I think one of the, sometimes it helps to have an outside perspective, honestly, because sometimes it's so hard when you're that close uh, because we have our own things with our partner. We have so much, I, I sorry to say things and stuff, but I feel like people who are in relationships understand sometimes there's just things and stuff that gets in the way of, you know, that ultimate compassion for your partner. I think partner, you know, having compassion for your romantic partner is probably one of the hardest areas to have compassion because we're so close to it. And so, yes, stepping into 
well, what might they be going through and giving them the benefit of the doubt. I think those are really, you know, like you said, they're, it's nice to say and it's, it's, it's like ideal. It's an ideal situation, but sometimes it can be really, really challenging because you're so, you're so engaged and you're so emotionally connected to that person that it can be hard to take that step back um, and say, well, what might they be going through? And like, why are they acting this way? And what, what's going on for them? And do you mind if I give an example of something that came up just recently with one of my clients? Yeah, no, that's great. So um, she was struggling because earlier this year, um, she lost a family member and it was a sudden and tra- really tragic death. And she's just been really devastated. And she also recently had a baby. So it's kind of, you know, just been a really hard year, not only for her, but also for her husband. And she's like, you know, I just don't feel like doing anything for the holidays and I'm really struggling. And I, I really want to like, you know, go see his family, but I also don't want to go see his family. And so there were all these things that were coming up and she's like, I feel, I feel kind of like a jerk because I know that it's important for him to go see his family. But I also, I lost somebody and you know, why is he so sad? Why is he acting so mad? And you know, what was so wonderful about that was that she was asking for guidance to see the other side. And that's the first step, right? Is that curiosity? What is the other side feeling? Cause she's like, I'm struggling to see what the other side is. Cause right now I just feel like, you know, poo myself. And I, it's hard for me to envision like why he's acting the way he is. And what we came up with was 10 years ago, his father died and now he has, he's a father to a new son and the death of somebody close to her family, you know, she's not exactly her best self that she wants to be. And so it's bringing up a lot of stuff for him. She's like, oh my gosh, I didn't think about the fact that like he's here 10 years later without his dad and now he has a son. Like she hadn't really put it together that like, this is bringing up so many levels of emotion for him that maybe he's not even aware of. Right. And so what that did was it immediately gave her compassion for him and his experience and why he's acting the way he is. And so what I encouraged of her was, Hey, you guys are a team. Like it's, you know, you two are the team together and you have this new baby and you have your families of origin and everything, but ultimately you are a team and you have to find a way to be compassionate for each other. And so sometimes we, the person who recognizes that there's a challenge and is willing to do the work, have to humbly, you know, go to a place of gratitude with our partner so that we can understand and share with them, hey, you know, I I can't imagine exactly what you're going through, but I'm sorry I haven't been more compassionate towards you as you're probably trying to navigate this. And maybe I haven't even been the easiest person to be around. And you know, it just having that kind of conversation where we are humble and accepting of our own flaws, that we're not perfect, and that they probably have some good reasons why they're acting the way they are, can be really, really bonding and can really bring that um, connection back between two people. That's really a beautiful story and, and a, an example of just how complicated, it doesn't seem that complicated, but it retrospectively, but in the moment, I'm sure when, when your client was dealing with that, but we're, we are complicated beings. And, and I say that in, in, in the best sense possible, because it'd be pretty boring, you know, like, uh, I'm not, Sarah always jokes, she wants to be a seagull so she can fly, you know, like joking around. But, you know, if we're something, other animal has animalistic instincts and you just worry about eating and reproducing and you don't have these intricate and obviously intellectually in our brains are more developed and along with that gives us these intricate histories and, and things deep within our brains. And as we develop uh, our attachment uh, is formed and how we relate to partners or with your example, 10 years ago that your client's husband had this experience. And that was why 10 years later, he's acting a certain way. And, and these things happen on a daily basis. It shapes our mm-hmm. histories, shape who we are and, and all these experiences. So being able to communicate around 
these things, you know, maybe her her husband uh, from his side could have communicated that that hey, this is what I'm feeling. If if he was even open to that or aware, and that's where you know mindfulness and things like that come in. But certainly from your client side, having compassion, she may not know about why he's acting that way. But if she can have compassion, at least maybe that can bring it out or it's not going to create friction at that moment. But uh, yeah, it is, it's a beautiful story and it just gets to like so many things we talk about. It's just not ever simple. And that's why the more tools you have to navigate relationships with other people and yourselves, the the smoother and the better it's going to be. Absolutely. And you know, going back to cliches, one of my favorites is everybody has a story. And we do, we all have a story. And part of, you know, what I think makes my work a little bit different talking about compassion is that a huge part of the story that I like to understand and to navigate is the grief story, which is what are the losses of your life? And how did they make you who you are for better or worse? And mostly it's for better, but how can we look at people's loss experiences, whether it's any challenge they face, the changes, any rejections they've had, loss of loved ones, breakups, whatever it is, how have those made this person who they are? And to me, understanding somebody's story is part of what can give us compassion for them. And going back to what I said about self-compassion, we have to also then have an understanding of our own story of our own losses of our lives, because we've all been through so much. Even if our lives look really beautiful on the surface, we've all experienced pain and suffering and challenges and rejections and sadness and difficulties. And I think when we understand that part of ourselves and we have compassion for ourselves, then we can look at the world in a different way and what with what I call compassion hat and grief-colored glasses, because we can put on our compassion hat and say, hey, this person... Probably, and we look through our glasses and we say, they've probably experienced quite a bit of loss. And that's probably why they're acting the way they have or why they, the way they are and why they're being who they're being. And I think when we have that idea, like everyone has a story and we don't know what their story is. And it'd be great if that story was plastered across their forehead and we just knew all the time what people were going through. But again, that's what makes life interesting and complex and beautiful and complicated and and, you know, going back to your first question, it's just like, why do you want to help people improve relationships? It's because to me, like, relationships are the most interesting part of being a human being. You know, it's so much fun and so challenging and so rich. You know, it's what I think it's where the richness of life truly comes from. I love that. And I, I think it's so important to really remember and stress the fact that you don't know, like, someone's story. And so it's so easy to judge people. And I think for me, prior to having Stella, our daughter, I wouldn't say I lacked compassion, but I definitely gained a lot of compassion after having our daughter because I would be driving down the road and maybe there's a lady who cuts me off or does something crazy. And before I'd probably be like, Oh, what an a-hole, you know, they're not paying attention or, you know, whatever. But now like, now that I have Stella, I'm like, you know what? Maybe she's a mom. Maybe she has a screaming toddler in the back and she's not paying attention. And so like having that, I don't know, just having something that I can relate to or use as another form of compassion, I feel like has helped me ground, ground myself and then just be more compassionate to other people. Absolutely. And you know, like that's actually what there's in my book. That's one of my compassion tips is like, how do I be more compassionate is I, I make up stories about people where, when they're not being nice. I'm like, <laughs> Oh, that person's probably like having a real, like what if they're, they got served with papers this morning right. or what if, you know, like we just don't know. And so I love, you know, I love that you made like, what if that's a mom and she has a screaming toddler and cause that's something you can relate to right. and like finding a story in your brain, like making something up, like we did when we were kids, having an imagination, it gives people the benefit of the doubt about somebody else's story. And even if it's not true, it doesn't matter because it's about being curious and not judgmental. 
you know, because when we look at somebody with curiosity and compassion, that's a whole different way of seeing the world than when we're like, gosh, what an a-hole, right? Like, what a jerk. I can't believe they're acting that way or treating other people that way. Well, we have no idea what happened to them before breakfast today. You know, like, we don't know what's going on in their world. And so if we can, like you said, Chase, give people the benefit of the doubt, including our partner, including ourselves, be kinder to ourselves, then gosh, the world would just be a much more peaceful place. Yeah. And I mean, if if you don't, you'll just be like angry all the time, really. I mean, because there's some crazy right. people out there. So <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah, you'll just, I always like try to have the mantra of just be nice. Like at the end of the day, like, I guess have some compassion and just be nice because it'll be a lot harder if you like are just angry all the time. Because that's what will happen. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. And that alienates people as well. So then you're alienating your relationships, you know, by being in that kind of like, like, you know, that kind of grinchy, (laughs) I don't like anyone. And then you kind of attract that. And it's, it's a negative cycle to be in that place where you're constantly angry at people or hateful of people. So it's a, it's a lose lose. Right. So by giving people the benefit of doubt, coming up with reasons why they may be acting like, you know, the way they are, it's a win win because then all of a sudden we're living in a better, you know, a kinder place. And there's a quote by Gandhi. I think it's Gandhi who said, be kind whenever possible. And it's always possible. It is. And so I think, you know, your, your mantra is, you know, you and Gandhi. <laughs> like right up there. They're best buds, you know. <laughs> And it's, you know, I was going to point out too with the, you know, the upcoming holidays and just this time of year, people are even more a little bit on edge, you know, with traveling and shopping and, you know, dealing with the crowds. So just really putting yourself in their shoes too can just make it easier for everybody. Oh, yeah. And knowing that like people are, probably not like it's not a, like my one of my favorite mantras is it's not about me so when somebody's being mean it's not about me it's their own stuff that they're going it's going on and so me taking it personally and being like gosh I can't believe that that person treated me like that there's actually a story in my book um that I'll share quick it's really short but it's basically that this guy goes into the grocery store um or no he's sorry he goes into a, a clothing store and he has recently lost his son like a few days earlier and he goes in and he needs a shirt for the funeral. And so he goes in and he asks for the, you know, he asks the sales, this kid who's a salesman, Hey, I'm looking for this shirt. And the kid goes back, tries to find his size, comes back and he says, sorry, I don't have your size. And he's like, this place is terrible. I hate this place. I hate you. You're terrible. Like I'm never coming back. Like he just explodes because obviously for, because we know that his son just died he's just having an emotional release and he's taking it out on some, like an innocent bystander. Right. And so the young man in his head thinking, I knew I was a terrible salesman. I knew that I, I didn't know how to do this job. Right. Like I'm terrible. I'm the worst. I can't believe I did. Like I screwed this all up. And the man's in his head going, Oh my God, I can't believe I'm acting like such a jerk. But you know, you can't go back sometimes. You just kind of, you're like, well, I got to get out of this situation. And so ultimately the moral of the story is it's not about, like, it wasn't about the salesman. It wasn't about the kid, right? Like he took it on himself. He took it personally, but it was really about this man having his own experience, taking his anger, frustration, sadness out on this young man, probably because he was a reminder of his son and, who knows, right? The complexity of it all. But really, like during the holidays, people are on edge. They're angry. They're sad. They're lo- like longing for a way that it used to be that maybe it isn't anymore. And so, and there's so much stimulus, right? Like all around us, the sounds, the smells, the colors, the lights, everything reminds us of somebody or some time. And so people are just, you know, some people love the holidays, but for a grand portion of our population, it's really hard and it's all about just getting through it, coping through it. And so people don't always put on their nicest like face when they're out in the world because they're just struggling. Yeah. It's really such a valuable exercise and it's something really simple to do. And then once you create that habit of, 
being compassionate, giving people the benefit of the doubt, your partner in particular, but then bringing that out into the world. Like Sarah said, driving down the street, it it, it can, it just has a weight that it, it just lifts. It's really like a, it's almost like a selfish thing to do in the best sense possible because it's going to make you feel better ultimately. And I, you know, I, I, try to work on having more self-compassion because I can definitely be hard on myself and also giving others the benefit of the doubt. Like I surf pretty much every day and surfing is an interesting culture and, and dynamic because you have waves, which is a limited resource. And then you have people going after those things. Right. And we all want to catch the best wave. And the other day, this guy, just totally, we call it dropping in. So he drops in on me on this great wave, which is basically like cutting someone off in traffic. And same thing, like I easily, in my first initial reaction, was like, man, what an asshole. And, you know, I kind of thought that to myself for a second. But then I was like, you know what? He probably had a bad morning, you know, or something uh, and then I almost, I don't want to say feel sorry for him, but if you're practicing compassion, you can be like, man, if that guy cut me off, he needed that wave more than I did. You know what I mean? Like that kind of, and then that mentality kind of like, it just carries on to, to everything. And now instead of being grumpy for the rest of my surfing session or, or letting that bother me for the rest of the day, it's like, bam, that's, that's gone. It's over. Uh, end of story. And, and I feel like so many times in a relationship, we hold these grudges, a partner does something, they don't take out the trash, whatever these little things. And we, we hold on to them. And obviously there's issues that need to be addressed and there's communication and all the things we talk about. But the more we can practice compassion, it, it, and loving kindness, like you said, it, it kind of sounds woo woo to me at first, but like when you put it into practice, it really, you're going to feel better and you're going to have uh, better relationships and just a happier life. Yeah. Well, and I love what you said. It's like, it feels selfish, but I, I actually talk about like redefining selfish. It's like, well, when I'm doing well, everyone else in my life benefits. So what's wrong with being a little selfish sometimes? So if selfish means that I'm going to give somebody else the benefit of the doubt so I feel better, well, good for me and good for them. Like then you, when you get out of the waves, instead of like seeing that guy on the beach and giving him a dirty look or flicking him off, you can say like, hey dude, hope you enjoyed the surf session, you know? And maybe <laughs> yeah. like the other thing, it's like it might be his only time surfing this year. Right. When you're like, I get to surf every day, so it's okay that I missed that one wave and it can still suck. You can still feel, you know, sad that you didn't get to catch that wave or that he cut you off and it wasn't a very nice thing to do. But ultimately, in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter. And so you can, you get to be the bigger person and just walk away and say, you know what? I hope that he enjoyed that because, you know, it, like, otherwise, there's nothing else we can really do. Yeah. Right? And so I love your analogy, though. I think that's awesome. Yeah. And, and, it, it it really is. That's why I said it's like the best kind of selfishness because mm-hmm, yeah, exactly. it, you're just going to, f- it really is something I, I continue to, to work on. That was the other day. And I was like, I was kind of proud of myself. Like I was like, all right, that <laughs> was yourself a, on the back. Yeah. That was like a really good <laughs> yeah. wave. And he totally cut me off. And maybe one day I'm not a hothead, but you know, like at least internally in the past, I might've, like been uh, really gritting my teeth and letting it bother me, but it's like eh, whatever. Smile and laugh it off, and on on to the next one. So, I I would really encourage our listeners. You know, if you're listening to this while you're driving or, or wherever you are, just try give that person the benefit of the doubt if it's your partner, especially. But even even just our everyday interactions, um, it can be such a valuable thing. And and Laura, we appreciate all of this great advice and definitely i'm gonna keep on working it working on it sarah is is pretty darn good at uh good at it certainly after having stella like she mentioned but but it's always always, a process it's a process and it's you know it's not easy and it's it's challenging every day but yeah like you said working on it is you know it it does come easier after always being conscious and, and working on it no, for sure. And that's one of the main ideas with my book is the idea that it's a practice. 
and you're not going to be perfect. And part of being compassionate towards yourself is when you're not being compassionate, <laughs> when you like, when you have that internal dialogue, you like, Oh, what a jerk. And then you're like, well, you know what? I'm going to be better at this tomorrow or next time I'm going to do a better job of being compassionate. And so it's, it's a constant practice. And I, I know for me that I've gotten better and better at it over the years because I want to, and I'm practicing it. So if you're saying to yourself, if you're listening to this call or this, you know, podcast today and you're like, wow, I suck at this. Okay. Well, the first step to getting better at something is recognizing that you suck. And then you can start getting better because you're going to practice because you're now aware that you're not good at it. And that's okay. And so that is like ultimate self-compassion is recognizing, hey, I got to keep working on this. And wow, what a gift that you're willing to keep trying. I love that you mentioned that. And the last thing I want to talk about before we go to the lasting love round is we were talking before the show about our kids. Sarah and I have a two-year-old and, and you have a two-week-old and, and how and, old? Uh, and, and also like three-year-old, three year old, right? Yeah, I was, I was just I turned three yeah. and Kai is two weeks. Yep. And one of the things is obviously it's incredibly challenging being a parent and we're coming into the terrible twos very much <laughs> in the last couple of weeks. And Full swing. One of the things that, that I think that we're trying to do is like have compassion. It seems obvious, but it's not easy when your child's screaming, but be like when, when your child is throwing a tantrum or maybe you have a teenager, whatever it is, it's like they, they're going through stuff, you know, like they, yeah. they, they're trying to run through this world just like we are. And, it, yeah, and absolutely. it can be, again, it's just putting compassion into practice, but it's just another example of uh, in parenting, how it can be so valuable. We, we diminish kids feelings so often. We're like, Oh, wouldn't it be nice to go back there? It was so easy then. But at the time it didn't feel easy. If you remember middle school, we know that it was not always easy being a kid, right? Like there were times, and it's also really hard when our parents are like, no, you can't do that. No, you can't do that. And there's so many rules and so many guidelines and so many boundaries and so many things that we have to do as parents to keep our kids safe. But if you think back to being a kid, sometimes that was hard when your parents are like, you have to go to bed. And you're like, I don't want to go to bed. Well, too bad. You have to go to bed. Like, cause I said so. And so, you know, I love that you bring this up because it does. Like, I think one of the most powerful things we can do as parents is not diminish our kids' feelings by making it like, oh, well, it's going to get harder. Well, right now it's hard enough for them. Like they're just navigating what they know in the world and they're trying to figure out what the rules are. Right. Like, what are the rules of this world? And and so, yeah, having compassion for your kids. Oh, my God. It's like the, it's so amazing because, you know, like I've been I was have been having a really hard time the last few weeks. She's been great with our little new one, but she's been really hard on us. And it is so rough. And I mean, it's hard when you're being treated, mistreated by your three year old, you know, because you're like, I just I love you. I do everything for you. Like, why are you being so mean to me? But the compassion comes in because it's like. Well, she's going through probably one of the biggest life transitions she's ever had. She all of a sudden has to share her mommy and daddy with somebody else. And I'm grateful she's not taking it out on him and taking it out on us because he doesn't. It's not his fault, you know, but it is. It's hard and it's pain, it's sometimes painful as a parent. And so you want to yell at them and you want to be bad at them. But like having the ultimate compassion for them is just saying, man, this is a big transition for her too. Like she's really struggling to figure this out and to share us with, with her brother and all this stuff. And so it always comes back to compassion for me. It's like, she's going through a big change and I have to just take a deep breath and I'm the adult here. So let me lead by example by being compassionate towards her. It's a great thing to do. So all you listeners out there, start today being more compassionate. And Laura, thank you for giving us the tools and the knowledge to, to start on that path. Now we got to go forward to the lasting love round. But first, let's take a break and talk about one of today's sponsors, Talkspace. Talkspace is an online therapy company that will allow you to choose from thousands of certified and vetted therapists where you can communicate with them directly through your phone, through text, email, video chat, or voice. And it's super easy to do. And obviously, you're listening to this podcast, so you want relationship advice, whether you're in a rut or you just want to take your relationship to the next level. Talking with a therapist is the best way to get there. 
besides listening to I Do Podcasts. <laughs> so if you want to sign up today, head on over to Talkspace.com forward slash I Do and get $30 off your first month. That's Talkspace.com forward slash I Do and enter the promo code I Do. Talkspace, therapy for how we live today. Today's show is also sponsored by HelloFresh. HelloFresh is a meal kit delivery service that makes it easy to cook delicious balanced dinners for less than $10 a meal. The meals are delivered right to your door in recyclable insulated packaging and all the ingredients come pre-measured in Sarah says they're cute label kits. They are pretty cute. So you know which ingredients go with which recipe. And one of my favorite benefits of HelloFresh is that if you travel a lot like we do, you can pause the account for weeks at a time. HelloFresh offers a wide variety of chef curated recipes that change weekly. And you can choose from three different plans from classic to veggie or family. We got the veggie when we were in San Diego, and we are always super happy with the meal choices that they send us. My favorite is still the black bean quesadilla because I love Mexican food, and I would have never thought to make a black bean quesadilla before. So that is probably one of the other benefits that I love about HelloFresh is that it gets me out of my comfort zone, and I'm making and trying new recipes. So... I want to know when HelloFresh is going to be going to Costa Rica. Yeah, we're missing them down here. So to sign up today and get $30 off your first week of HelloFresh, visit HelloFresh.com and enter the promo code IDO30. That's HelloFresh.com and the promo code is IDO30. What is one tool or practice our listeners can use on a daily basis to help improve their relationship? I think the most important thing that I can leave them with is to acknowledge rather than fix. So with their partner, to acknowledge the pain or challenge the partner is facing without trying to fix it. Because most people, there's no words that can make it go away or get better. It's really just about acknowledging and validating what they're going through. Is there a book or resource you can recommend for listeners who want to improve their relationship? Uh, can I give two? Yes. Two? Yes. Okay. There's, I love the book Getting the Love You Want by, I think it's Harville Hendricks. Um, that's one of my favorites. And then the other one is The Five Love Languages. I just think that's such an easy and useful tool for people to kind of understand their partner, the way their partner communicates love. Absolutely. And And your book too, what's your book? My book is called The Compassion Code, How to Say the Right Thing When the Wrong Thing Happens. Awesome. Well, um, yeah, if anybody wants to learn more on compassion, then they'll, they can definitely check out your book. And we'll have all of those links on your show notes page at idopodcast.com. We've been married for uh, three years now. Is there any advice you'd give newlyweds? Communication is key. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Loving each other but and giving each other the benefit of the doubt. Um, I think it's so important. One, I, one tiny piece of advice that my mom gave me before I could understand it, I think I was 14, and I was like, what are you talking about, mom? <laughs> but now I'm so grateful. She said, Laura, when you get married, put your partner first. Always put your partner first before your, your parents, before your children, before anyone else. And the only, the only kind of caveat to that that I would add is put yourself first because then your partner will benefit and then your partner and then your children or your family or anything like that, your your family of origin. Because if you have a strong foundation with your partner, then everything else falls into place. What advice would you give our single listeners looking for a happy relationship? Love yourself. Love yourself. Start there. Don't seek love until you've become comfortable in your own skin and granted, that's a lifelong journey, so you don't have to wait forever, but at least be on the journey to loving yourself. Because when you love yourself, it's a lot easier for other people to love you. And usually people are just reflecting back at us what we, how we feel about ourselves. And so if you're single, um, I have a book recommendation called, there's a book called Be Your Own Boyfriend. Um, and it's fine for men or women, but I, I love it because it's by a dear friend of mine, Kenesha Grayson, but it's just about how can I be my own boyfriend? And the truth of that is finding love comes more easily when we are acting as our own love. 
as the love of our own life. And then that other person just gets to supplement. One times one is one. One, you know, instead of half times half equals, you know, a quarter. So when we're full, when we're whole, then we have a lot more to offer. We'll have to link to that book too, because it's, I love that. That is the, that's your tip be your own boyfriend. Because at the end of the day, mm-hmm. you you really want to date yourself and know yourself and know what your values are and what you want in a partner. Because if you don't know that about yourself, then it's going to be really hard to find somebody that you're, that you're looking for. So knowing all that oh, about yeah. yourself is just the first step to having a good relationship. Oh, yeah. And on, if you go to my website, laurajack.com slash resources, I have all my favorite books. I have a, a section called Laura's Favorite Reads. <laughs> and I have all my favorite books on there because I'm a personal growth junkie. And so like, Be Your Own Boyfriend and Getting the Love You Want. And there's all sorts of books on there, including mine. But um, I definitely encourage you to check that out if you're interested in like lots of personal growth books. <laughs> Awesome, Laura. Well, again, thank you for for all this great information. And we're going to keep on trying not to curse out the people that are dropping in us on waves or cutting us (laughs) off in traffic. (laughs) Why don't we finish by having you tell our listeners where they can find you online one more time, and then we'll say goodbye. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. I'm so grateful to have been here today. Um, And anybody can just find me at laurajack.com. My name, L-A-U-R-A-J-A-C-K.com. And they can just check out my book, The Compassion Code, which is just on Amazon. So it's an easy way to find it. Um, But yeah, I just, I'm so excited uh, to have been here with you guys. And I love what you are doing in the world. So thank you for having me. Well, thank you for joining us. And we look forward to having you back on the show. We hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. As always, you can find the links from today's show on our website at idopodcast.com. And while you're on the website, we encourage that you check out some of the free resources that we've created for you guys. One of those is the 14-Day Happy Couple Challenge. And we send you a email every day for 14 days with doable challenges to help strengthen and make your relationship even better. And we've also created cheat sheets and workbooks for your relationship. And you can find all of those on our website. And lastly, our Facebook group, which is the Love Tribe. We encourage all of you guys to join our group there as well. And if you ever have any topic suggestions or ideas for the podcast, please send them our way. You can email us at info at idopodcast.com and we would love to hear from you guys. And we hope you enjoyed today's show. listening to a pleasure podcast for more from our sex podcast collective visit pleasurepodcasts.com